In this episode of the Flory Stroke podcast, I'm here today with Professor Julie Bernhardt, co-head of the Flory Stroke theme and leader of the Avert Early Intervention Research Program. Julie is also director of the NHMRC Centre of Research Excellence in Stroke Rehabilitation and Recovery. In today's episode, we discuss Julie's involvement with the second Stroke Recovery and Rehabilitation Roundtable, which was held in October in Montreal. I'm Tessa Marshall, and this is Scientists of Stroke by Flory Stroke. Welcome to Scientists of Stroke by Flory Stroke, where we discover how researchers at the Flory Institute are working to prevent stroke and reduce the impact of strokes. You can follow us on Twitter at Flory Stroke and find us on Facebook at Flory Stroke. Hi Julie, thank you for joining me today. Good to be here. So you've just been travelling around Canada for the World Stroke Congress and a number of other things. And after the World Stroke Congress, you remained in Montreal to lead the second Stroke Recovery and Rehabilitation Roundtable. Now, you founded and chaired the first Stroke Roundtable in 2016. What drove you to establish it? We were all doing lots of different parts of the puzzle. And although different groups have been doing collaborative work, it's been within country. So if we could really harness all of these different groups around the world doing different work in stroke recovery, could we make a leap forward? And to me, what made this unique was the concept of bringing people from different regions in the world, making sure we had gender balance. And we targeted the top people in the field. And we tackled four questions that everyone agreed were important questions to start with. And it led to recommendations in four key areas around how do we try and work out who might recover and who might not, and that's called biomarkers, standardising how we collect information about patients in our trials, also looking at how we translate from animal work into humans for discovery. And then the last group was looking at how we can better describe our interventions and monitor them so that we put rigour into that space. And those consensus documents have been downloaded thousands and thousands of times. So how did you identify who would be involved in the roundtable? Well, the first thing I do when I've got a mad idea, I just start asking experts in the field. And everyone I spoke to said, this is a great idea, we should go for it. So I identified a key person for each of the four areas. And then I asked them to find their co-chair and then I asked them to find their 10 or 12 people who would be part of each working group. What a fantastic way to bring stroke experts from all around the world together. It was so exciting. You know, we were talking about moonshots, but in fact we decided we had to go, that's been done. So we had to aim higher, you know, Mars and Jupiter. And we started calling them Jupiter shots. And it really, the conversation was about getting breakthroughs that will make a difference to recovery, not just tinkering around the edges. These Jupiter shots, could you provide an example of what you're aiming for there? Right now in rehabilitation, we often apply the same treatment to everyone. And that isn't good enough. Stroke is really a multitude of diseases. So when we talk about Jupiter shots, at the level of recovery and biology and brain repair, we have to get to understanding these subtypes, these groups of people who respond differently. The other thing that we really need to do is 
look at what treatments might be able to raise people's recovery well above what we would expect them to have just through natural history. And brain repair really is the goal and that's hard to do. None of us believe a drug alone will make the difference. You have to do training. There is probably going to be a combination of a brain repair drug plus training that might end up being the, the, the Jupiter shot. It might be stem cells plus training. So when we say training, I use that word to encompass speech and language training, arm training, leg training, balance training, thinking training. We think we've got good ideas about when we should apply training and how much training. We haven't got great examples of that being delivered yet. Sounds like it's really important to have the professionals from lots of different areas in stroke when you've got so many different ways to improve recovery. Absolutely. So in our roundtables, one of the things is not just where people are from, but their backgrounds. So we have basic scientists who do work with uh, new molecules and understand brain repair processes. We have therapists, we have psychologists, doctors, and by bringing them together, that's where we start to get better ideas. So the first roundtable was held in 2016. Yeah. How has that affected stroke research? Oh, it, it's actually had really important impacts so far. People are referring to the recommendation papers when they're talking about their own research which is great because they're all about trying to improve rigour. But the other thing that we're excited about is that some of the funders of stroke research have come together and want to work out how they use the recommendations in making decisions about what, what they fund. But the other impact that's perhaps even more critical is that there's a group of people who are really on the same page to develop the new research questions and the new approaches to treatment that might be radical in their outcome. Stroke recovery is incredibly complex and it's uh, from the time you have your stroke and it goes on and on and on for years. It's such an important area because we, despite our very successful and exciting acute treatments, most people still have some problems after they have a stroke and many miss out on those acute treatments. And stroke affects so many people of, of all ages as we'll talk about in another episode. Absolutely. And how did the second roundtable differ from the first one? The second roundtable uh, tackled four new areas. And so we tackled cognition. It's really complex. It's, it's an area where there isn't a lot of agreement in what we even call some of the problems, let alone how we measure them. So that group had quite a nut to crack. And I'm really excited to see what they'll come up with. And we also looked at what treatments are currently ready for implementation and how do we get them implemented? Because there are things that work. Some of our problems is that we don't put them into practice. So we need to work out better ways of doing that. We have consumers at the table at this round table as well. So people who've had a stroke to get their perspectives. We are starting the International Stroke Recovery and Rehab Alliance. And this differs from the roundtable because it will be meeting more regularly and the groups of people that will be involved in that 
we'll be working on each of the areas that we've been discussing so far to try and actually move it more quickly forward. So this is the future of the roundtable then moving into this alliance? They'll actually be together. So every two years we'll probably run roundtables that need a lot of uh, focused attention. But the ISRA, the International Historic Recovery and Rehab Alliance, will be working in between time. It's all very exciting and can't wait to see all the new recommendations and research that comes I out. I know, this. watch this space. I think people should be very excited. Every time we get together, we come up with something new. So it's, it's great. I think that's everything we have time for. So thank you so much for joining us, Julie, and can't wait to see what comes from all this research and what you get up to next. Thanks, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining our conversation with Professor Julie Bernhardt. I'm your host, Tessa Marshall. To hear more about Julie's work and about other stroke research at the Flory, check out our other episodes. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Flory Stroke.